Welcome to Where Passion Meets Truth by Shield Sisters Initiative. We are two best friends who co-founded a community for women entrepreneurs who want to live their passion and embrace their truth. I'm Raywin, a self-love coach obsessed with coffee, mustaches, and all things community. And we also have Megan, a truth-seeking super nerd with a passion for mental health, books, and mindset. She's not joining us today, unfortunately, but she'll be in in another episode. Each month, we'll bring you a couple of guest interviews, goal-setting tips, and mindset-changing topics to guide you on your journey of living your passion and embracing your truth. Today, we have Nicole Hoagland. Nicole is a confidence coach for female entrepreneurs who are ready to get out of their own way and start taking massive action. She also is one half of the hosting duo of the newly revamped Pixie Success Collective podcast. Basically, she really wants you to see the power you bring to the table and in your business and truly be confident in the goals you have. If she isn't working, you can find her hanging out with her husband and pup, having a great cup of coffee or glass of wine with friends, or on the couch watching really bad reality TV. Hey, me too. What's your favorite really bad reality TV show, Nicole? Ooh, okay. So I'm, it's a toss-up between two right now because if you're like me, you know they like rotate seasonally. Mm -hmm. Um, and right now I'm really, I'm like loving, but hating the bachelor because I was not a fan of them picking Nick. Um, but I think he brings a lot of drama to the table. And my second one is actually a new Bravo reality show called summer house. Um, because I grew up on long Island and it's really making me at least embrace everything I miss about it, but they really are not painting us in a very good light. (laughs) Oh, of course not. It's like uh, Jersey Shore. Everyone thinks that all of the people who are in New Jersey are like that. Exactly. And it's like a rich Jersey Shore, but like the people still are not necessarily presenting themselves as smart people. And I know that they are because if they can afford that type of summer house, they have to at least be making money somehow. Yeah, I'm actually from um, Orange County. And so when Real Housewives of Orange County came out when I was in high school and the OC, and then I moved out of state for college and everyone kept asking me if I knew Ryan or if it was really like that. I was like, no, not even a little bit. I mean, some areas maybe, yes, but as a majority, no. So I will say like one of my all-time favorite reality TV shows that like got me into just watching really bad reality TV shows was Laguna Beach and then The Hills. And like, that's like a dream of mine one day to like go out there and just like visit Orange County and like just stay for maybe like a couple days, but then leave. I would totally offer you to come stay with us, but my dogs try to eat everyone. So (laughs) um, we'll just have to get together. But yeah, like when I was in high school, even us, I lived like Laguna Beach was my closest beach. It was about seven miles away. And whenever we would go to the beach to Laguna, we'd be like, oh my gosh, I wonder if we're going to see Steven today. We never did. It's, you know, like they were in their recording areas really only, but we were still kind of starstruck. Oh my God. I love that. So fun fact, me and my husband now live in Nashville. We're both originally from Long Island. And I would literally stalk like the casting forms of where Nashville would be filming just to like try and see them and see if I could be an extra because it was such a great show. Even though that's not really a reality one, it was one of the things that when we first moved here, I'm like, I need to go meet Raina James. Yeah, Nashville's a really good show. 
So besides, you know, trashy te- reality TV, which, by the way, my favorite is Teen Mom, um, what, <laughs> what would be your passion, Nicole? So besides reality TV, like you just said, which I think we could probably even do an entire podcast episode on all the different shows that we love, um, my passion is actually empowering other female business owners to doing business their own way. Um, and the way that I do do that is I pull out the confidence that's already kind of inside of each and every one of us um, and allow them to kind of embrace that and really step into it through different kind of coaching aspects and really watching them succeed in that. It's actually, it's really fun to see the journey that my clients have gone through um, and the journey that future clients will go through um, in order to see them really kind of embrace that power and you know, once they're able to actually be confident in themselves, it's like night and day from where we started. And they sometimes almost don't believe it. So it's just, that's really been a passion of mine for about the last year and a half since I left corporate. Um, And it's something that I don't see myself really ever not doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, that 100% makes sense. And I am so excited to have you on the podcast because confidence is actually one of my main focuses. Foci. I think it's foci. (laughs) I haven't been in math class in a long time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I focus a lot on confidence as well. And it's so important, especially for female entrepreneurs to embrace their confidence and really get in touch with it because without it, you're just kind of left struggling. You can't get to that full potential of you or your business if you don't have the confidence. And unfortunately, a lot of women are beaten down and not given the opportunity to explore their confidence. So I love that you actually take the time to find a coaching method that works for your clients to be able to grow their confidence. And like I said, confidence is so important. And I'm just, I'm so happy to have you on here. Um, How did you kind of realize that that was your passion? Is it a piece of your truth or what is your truth also? So it is a piece of my truth. Um, So I, a background about me is I left corporate and it'll be exactly a year actually, March 23rd. Um, but I made the transition starting November of 2015. And what led to that was actually, I had a miscarriage and I realized that I couldn't necessarily do that corporate lifestyle anymore. And I needed to figure out for once what I personally wanted to do, not what someone else was willing to pay me to do. And I kind of wrote out this list of everything that I would want to do, like being a business owner, because I already had the business name, I already thought I would be a consultant, but I was so burnt out from my corporate marketing experience that there really needed to be something that I was passionate about doing instead of just kind of going through the mind-numbing tasks that I had been. And one of the things on there that I realized was cheerleading. I was um, a cheerleader for, oh God, I don't even know, like I'm 30 now, so probably like 20 years. And I had always loved it, but I never really embraced it because I didn't think I could make money doing it. I always was either doing it at a collegiate level or volunteering for Pop Warner, um, but it was something I really wanted to get back into. So I started kind of Googling and researching and seeing if there was even anything out there that would match, you know, cheerleader qualities and stuff like that. And I found coaching. And once I really kind of learned more about what it was and what I would be able to do for people once I kind of harnessed my own skill sets, 
Um, I realized that this was something that I was being called to and felt very much led to doing in my life. And I made that effort and commitment to get certified and kind of go through the motions. And I thought at first that I would be a marketing coach because that's just where my skill sets led or were at the time. And I realized that my passion was really for small businesses. And over the last year, I realized that even though I could be a small business coach, where I shine is in that confidence aspect. I can talk marketing all day long. I can go into strategy and all that fun stuff. But where my truth lies is instilling that confidence, um, being able to pull that out of someone and being able to show them practices that they can do to be a more confident person in their entire life that then translates over into their business. Um, and it's something that I, as I've been able to kind of stand in it, because it's been a recent pivot that I've kind of left the small business coaching off of my title and really just embraced that confidence aspect. It has literally opened up so many opportunities and possibilities for myself that for once I'm actually working more than 30 hours a week and enjoying it because it doesn't feel like work to me and I'm not forcing myself to do it. Um, and it really is part of my truth. And I'm really excited to kind of embrace this aspect as like the rest of the year kind of unfolds. That is amazing. I have to say that your journey sounds like one that many women might find themselves on, especially because we often struggle with such big life-changing events that can happen to us. And where we go from there is really the big question, right? It's like, okay, do I take this and do I feel all of the negativities or do I let myself feel the negativities and then find some way to make my life more of what I want and maybe more of something that can foster what I want if that makes does that make sense oh yeah wholeheartedly I mean when I first kind of made that commitment to myself just because it did come come from a place of tragedy um I really did see that I could wallow in this for a while and no one would really kind of touch me because when tragedy hits someone, you kind of think that they need to be in their own little bubble and they need to work through it themselves, which is absolutely correct. But what I saw was if I ever, you know, want to have children, if I ever want to be a business owner or at least have some type of freedom to create that schedule for myself, I needed personally myself to go through the tragedy and see what was out there for me because of it, instead of just sitting in it and letting letting it kind of engulf my life. And that's not saying that letting it engulf it is something that's bad because it might be something that you personally need to do in order to get to the other side. But for me, it was more about seeing that opportunity that it led me to. Um, and while I will, I will never say that I am fully over it. I will say that it has kind of brought about the best possible change for myself. And if we were to end up having kids tomorrow, I would be in a place where I could confidently say, I can balance my life now. I can have kids, I can do the work. And I wouldn't necessarily feel feel torn to kind of choose between the two because in my corporate life, that's where I was. It was, I was pregnant, but I was still working 80 hours a week. I was pregnant, but my boss wasn't necessarily understanding why I needed some time off to go to the doctor and, you know, to find figure things out, especially with miscarriage happening. So I needed to finally take my life into my own hands and make that choice to choose to show up as the person that I actually truly at the deepest core of it wanted to be, as opposed to just showing up as that person, that employee that we, you know, we put labels on and we feel like we need to maybe put on some roles. And I finally was free. 
And that was kind of the beauty of that whole thing. And it really is a journey that's kind of personal to everyone else. Well, not to everyone else, to each individual. But it, it's something that if you're able to embrace it and kind of see maybe a little bit of opportunity that can come out of it, it will literally lead you to be the better person that maybe you strive to be or the best possible version of yourself. So what I want to know is about how long would you say it took you to figure out that you wanted to make this change once you had your miscarriage? Because I know that a lot of women either feel like they need to make it right away or they feel like they're making it too fast. And I want to just kind of showcase out there that no matter what tragedy or whatever happens in your life, the timing is right for you when you figure out when the timing is. Oh, wholeheartedly. Um, so mine kind of actually started before the miscarriage, which is a little, it's funny, but it's not. I actually had wanted to leave my position um, at least two or three different times when I was in it. And I kind of made that effort to try and leave, but every single time I tried to, it was always matched with, oh, well, we'll accommodate you in this way. And, oh, here's a raise. And, oh, here, we'll just pay you this much more. So for me, the money was kind of driving me staying. When the miscarriage hit, though, um, it literally was maybe a few days I mulled over it. And I was like, maybe I'll stay, maybe I'll go part time. Um, but there was an instance that happened where I had text my boss and I had let her know beforehand that there were things that were coming up that I would need to take time off of. Obviously there are doctor appointments and follow-ups and stuff like that. Um, so just with everything that was going on, I texted her the Monday morning that I told her I would and I said, listen, I just need this week off. The company policy was unlimited vacation. So there really wasn't any type of issue around that. Um, and the only thing I got back from her was a week really question mark. And I kid you not, I had been upset up until that point but I hadn't really cried and I just let myself ball and ball for like hours. And my husband was just holding me and, you know, comforting me and trying to get me to calm down. And it wasn't because I was sad at the fact that she couldn't understand or sympathize with it. I was sad at the fact that I hadn't left that job beforehand. Um, and it actually was the kickstart point for me. And it took me I sat on it for another couple of days, so maybe a week total, and in that week time frame, I gave them my two weeks notice. Um, that led to them saying, don't come back at all. Then that led them to say, you know, oh, we'll, we'll keep you for two weeks. And in all honesty, what did actually unfold was the best possible scenario is I stayed on for a couple of months to give them that transition period, not only for myself, but for the company, because I didn't want to let necessarily leave all of the work that I've done up into that point in the hands of other people. So it gave us a nice kind of transition um, over the course of about three months. And after three months, I literally made that jump from working for them most of the time and working on my business part-time to working on my business full-time. And it really was what was best for me at that point. Um, but I will say every single step that I took looking back on it was right in the right time, even if I didn't think it at that point. Um, and that's kind of a point I think we both kind of were talking about beforehand was every single step that you take, even if you don't feel like it's right, it's right for you because there might be outside influences telling you. So if you know truly in your gut that this is what you need to do, embrace it and do it and don't necessarily think of what everyone else is, you know, saying or feeling or whatnot, because it really is about you and what you need to do for yourself in those moments.
I think that that philosophy, that you, timing it and knowing when your timing comes is something that a lot of people don't subscribe to until it kind of smacks them in the face. But I've always been really more convinced that that's how life comes at you because you really, you can't control what comes at you in life. You can only control a, how you react. Now, if you react negatively, is it worth it to sit there beating yourself up because of how you reacted? No, because that reaction had to happen for you to realize that you were going that you don't want to act like that in the future. And this always makes me think of when I was um, in college and I had this one on again, off again boyfriend. And all the time, everyone kept telling me, why don't you just stop dating him? Why don't you just stop talking to him? Like, he's no good for you. You guys are no good for each other. And for whatever weird reason, probably because I was listening to my gut, I would always respond with, I will know when the time is right. And this went on for years, 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 or whatever, um, probably only like three years, but it still seemed like years and years and years. And after I finally, one day, and nothing major happened, one day I was just like, okay, I'm done with him. I don't care what he does anymore. I don't care if he's going to date someone else. I don't care about any of that. Within about a month or two, I started dating my now husband. And my husband and I had been best friends for years. We had been best friends since, I want to say like nine years at that point. But he was going through some stuff in his life that he needed to get through too. And so for me now, looking back, I believe that the reason I went back and forth with this guy for so long was because I was learning what I wanted out of a relationship. And my husband was going through what he needed to go through. And then we could finally be together because we had both gone through all of these things that we needed to go through. And I know that that sounds kind of like weird and fake fate-like or destiny, but really everything that you do is shaping what's going to happen to you. But if there's going to be an opportunity that is right for you, you're going to keep coming back to it because it's going to be subconsciously in your brain. So by being aware of what you need to do or being aware of the fact that maybe this sucks right now, but I'm here because I'm not ready to not be here. That's like a big revelation to have because when you feel that, I wouldn't say contentment, but when you accept that, then it makes it easier for you to get to that point where you can let go of whatever it is. Absolutely. Um, and I really think it comes back to understanding that even if you can't necessarily see it, what the future holds for you, if you think that it is the right time for you to do something, even if everyone else is telling you no, 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 if you lead with your gut like 100% of the time, it will never steer you wrong. And it also kind of leads to the fact of everything that we've experienced in our life, whether it's good or bad or right or wrong or however you kind of look at it, it serves a purpose and there is a reason for it being there, whether it's a person, place or thing. Um, there is something that you need to learn from it in order to, you know, move on to the next thing that's supposed to happen for you. And I completely and utterly agree and embrace that because there are things that have happened in my life that at the time I'm like, really? Like, what are you trying to tell me? 
But now looking back, I'm like, you know what? If that didn't happen, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have met this person. This wouldn't have happened. And there's kind of this cyclical chronological event that we will never know what the future holds. But as long as we embrace what we're doing right now and we confidently go 110% with it, there is nothing really that can go wrong. There are just things that might get in our way that are just obstacles we need to break through in order to get to the other side of something and then really see the good that our entire life can bring us. Yes, I completely think that that is something so many people need to hear. And I'm so glad that you brought that up on our episode because it's, like we said, it can be a struggle for you to think like, this is happening to me and I must be to blame for this and these bad things are happening or to put yourself as a victim. But really, it's not, it's not like that at all. And I found that when you go through life with confidence, when you have confidence in your abilities and in who you are, you're more likely to subscribe to this idea that you will know when the timing is right for something or you will accept that you might be in this place right now, but you won't be in this place forever. And I think that's probably one of the reasons I find confidence so important. What would you say is like your number one tip for people who are trying to find that confidence and to find that place where their passion meets their truth? I think my number one like advice or tip is to kind of when you're in situations where you're really super passionate or you almost have this like butterfly intense anxiety around things that you need to go forward with it. Like you don't necessarily need to hold yourself back because they, maybe there's a fear around it because it's new. Really embrace that kind of excitement and that passion and 100% move forward with it because that's where if we let our fears kind of guide what we're doing, even though we have that passion around something, our fears can lead us to that inaction. And really what I truly love about entrepreneurs specifically is even though there are fears there, most of the time if you embrace that confidence, the action happens sooner because you don't necessarily dwell in the fear or look at the fear as a bad thing. You just look at, you look at it as, oh, well, maybe something bad will happen, but I don't care because I'm super, super excited about what's going on. Um, and that's something where if you've never experienced that yet, I would kind of tap into either your intuition or what's going on in your life and see if there is something like that. Um, I will say this is not necessarily business related, but the first time I ever felt that kind of like anticipated anxious excitement that I really was 110% um, embracing was actually when I met my husband. Um, I don't think I ever fought for someone as hard as I fought for my husband. Um, full backstory, I met him back in August of 2010. So we've been married for about five years, known each other for about six or seven. Um, we met at a bar just randomly one night and he told me his entire story that he was in the military and he was um, basically leaving the next morning and it was the last time I was going to see him until he came back maybe a couple months later. And I can tell you, I 100% fell in love with him that night, but I didn't allow myself to feel it until a couple days later because I think as women we're a little bit skeptical sometimes. Um, but I didn't realize how much I wanted him in my life until people started questioning why I was dating him. I was never really a good long distance relationship person up until then. 
Um, I had a cousin who six months beforehand was killed in Afghanistan. So it was a very fresh topic for me to be dating someone in the military. And I literally fought for him tooth and nail when it came to people telling me I was making a bad decision or I would regret dating someone in the military or that I maybe I should wait and see what would happen and maybe see if this played out. I knew that he was that person that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And at that point, I didn't care if I burned bridges. I burned some, but I ended up being able to mend them. And other people ended up realizing that this was what was best for me and they needed to let me make those decisions. Um, so when you feel something like that, that type of emotional tie to events or things that are happening in your life for business, really embrace it and go forward with confidence because it really is going to lead you to those really good decisions that you make for yourself and to the best outcome that you could possibly make, whether it's with a person or whether it's with a situation. I think that having the confidence to listen to your gut is a really big step for so many female entrepreneurs. And it we talk about mindset all the time. And mindset and gut confidence and going with your gut, I feel like those are all intertwined with each other because you can't have the proper mindset if you're not willing to trust your gut and your instincts. Like you could say, Yes, I'm going to get this job and I'm going to do it and I will make my business work. But unless you believe in your own confidence and trust your gut, you're going to continue to unintentionally sabotage yourself with all of your negative thinking. And so your mindset isn't going to be a solid foundation. And I think that as female entrepreneurs especially, we struggle with that so much because we look at the other entrepreneurs who are out there who are doing it a different way than us and we're thinking, okay, well, I need to do it their way, but I feel like I need to do it this way. And when we really trust who we are and trust our gut, we're able to capture that and to actually make that success because we know that we are doing what we need to do and we're doing the best that we can and then your confidence comes in if someone else doesn't click with you and they aren't going to be a great client then you're okay with that because you know that there's someone else out there you're confident in your abilities that you will have someone else that you can help yes wholeheartedly yes i love everything that you just said um, and I think too, it's something where as a woman business owner specifically, um, because there is like male dominated and female dominated, even as small business owners, we tend to not necessarily want to dabble maybe into that whole intuition thing. Cause maybe it's too woo woo for you. Um, but really at the core of it, when you lay that foundation of not necessarily talking bad to yourself and really believing in yourself and instilling that confidence on a daily basis and doing the work to make sure that you don't fall into the negative as much as you did beforehand, that's where business starts booming. And that's where you really become this powerful, like, um, rockstar business owner that is unstoppable because that foundation work is done. And then you can talk about strategy and sales and all the business aspects and how you want to outsource and all that other fun stuff. But really the foundation of mindset is so crucial and so important. And I don't feel like it's talked about enough because when you really do the work to do it yourself, it really can make you unstoppable. 
Um, and that's kind of where I'm super excited. And I know you must be Raywin that like, we are able to start talking about these things and we're kind of able to take down these barriers of it not being really this kind of out there otherworldly thing. It really more is an internal instinctive intuition, um, driven thing that even though you might be scared to tap into it because it is fearful at times when you really kind of see the power it can have, once you actually embrace it in the way you want to embrace it, it really can lead you to do the, like the greatest thing you've done for your business. It is. And I don't think you even necessarily need to work with someone or pay someone like us to see that. I think that we have a lot of free resources available. If you maybe don't have the confidence in yourself to work with someone because you're feeling that insecure, you can definitely start out with some free resources that you can find. Um, do you have any free resources that you might want to share with the audience, Nicole? I do. Um, I am all about podcasts, obviously. Um, so besides listening to this podcast, because you already are on it, um, Tanya Rainier has a really great money mindset podcast. Um, it's called The Profit Party. And she really kind of speaks to that core of our relationship between fear and money. Um, because mindset and money are two things that go hand in hand, especially for business owners. Um, but another thing that I would recommend besides podcasts is just kind of searching for books out there. One of my favorite books that I read around mindset is Seth Godin's Eaters Lead Last. Um, because it really is a book about embracing being you as a leader um, and really kind of figuring out how you lead best based off of certain scenarios. Um, and the last thing that I would recommend as a free resource um, is a book called Energy Leadership. Um, it's all about kind of working your energy around how you are actually being a leader either in business or in your life. Um, and not energy where it's like the woo-woo sun meets stars and, you know, when the full moon is in the sky. Um, it really is about the energy you actually expel every day. So when you wake up, you, you know, make that decision to take a shower, dry your hair, get dressed. All of that uses energy. All of that uses brain power. I mean, it's a really fun book um, to really kind of tap into where your mindset is around how you're using your energy and then how that kind of correlates to you showing up as a leader in business or in your life. Um, so those are the three resources that I would recommend. We actually have Tanya on as our first guest. So we had such a blast chatting with her. I am so excited for other people to get to know really the two of you because I like how you didn't mention how helpful your podcast is. Do you want to, uh, you know, have a little shameless pitch because I love what you and Samantha are doing and how you're changing it. And I just, I love working with you guys. Oh, sure. I'll do a shameless pitch. I just didn't want to because I know that there are so many other great podcasts out there. Um, so Samantha and I actually have a podcast right now called Beautifully Bold in Business. Um, as of April, though, we are changing it over to a brand new format and a brand new podcast called Pixie Success Collective, PSC for short. Um, and basically what we are doing is each month we are bringing in one guest expert that will be over the course of four episodes. They're going to give you all of their knowledge on the specific topic that is their zone of genius. 
We started rolling out these types of episodes in our mini episodes right now. Um, and currently right now, our resident guest expert is Danielle Roberts of Legacy Creative Company. And she's talking all about um, the difference between virtual assistants, OBMs, and how to know when to hire them, and then also how to become them. Um, so it's really giving you guys that expertise, that value, um, and just a little bit more than we were giving you in the old podcast. Um, but we're really, really excited to kind of do this new kind of formatting because we're hearing really good feedback from it. That's so awesome. I am so excited for the new um, podcast being enrolled. I've been following your mini series closely, so I'm really excited about it. And um, we are just about at our 30 minute mark, a little over possibly but we like to keep it as tight as we can because we know that everyone is a busy entrepreneur who's listening. So, um, Nicole, do you have any closing thoughts that you might want to say? Um, if you took anything away from this episode, it's just embrace who you are and start really taking action that feels good for you. Um, because once you start doing that, everything else will fall into place. Yes. Okay. I'm totally making that into a quote that we're going to post on Instagram because that yeah. is so, so important. Thank you so much for joining me today. And for all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We really hope that our episode with Nicole has opened your eyes up to the confidence that you can have and how it will change your business. If you are just tuning in for the first time, please don't forget to click subscribe. And if you love what you're listening to, write a review or share it with some of your friends because we're a brand new podcast and we really want to change the way that female entrepreneurs look at themselves. And the only way we can do that is through creating this wonderful community. Episode four is brought to you by Littlest Sidekick, a kid and mama clothing line. They're a small organic lifestyle brand based in the United States. Littlest Sidekick believes that life is best seen through the eyes of a child. The best things in life are simple and the memories are made with families and friends. The best things you can do for yourself and your kid is just get outside and just play. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. So thanks again everyone. I hope you have a great day.